Hello and welcome to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. It is Friday, February 7th. I am your host, Ian McLaren, and I am proud to bring you another episode of the Locked On Bruins podcast. I believe this is number 92, if you can believe it. Um, What should I say? To introduce today's show, the Bruins have a couple games coming up on the weekend against the Arizona Coyotes and the Detroit Red Wings. We'll get to that in a couple moments, as well as answer some mailbag questions and uh, update some news and notes from around the NHL. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at ENC McLaren. You can follow uh, the podcast account at LO underscore Boston Bruins. The podcast is available pretty much anywhere you can get podcasts, uh, primarily Apple, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, uh, Google Podcasts. Uh, I use Pocket Casts. Uh, we are currently the 84th ranked podcast hockey in America, according to Apple. So big day there. Um, elsewhere around the world, we are, drum roll, Ah, we fell to number two in Poland. We were number one yesterday. What's number one? Locked on Capitals. How dare you, Nikki Giordano? Uh, Anyways, yeah, we'll uh, begin by looking ahead to Boston's two games upcoming over the weekend, two matinee games, actually. Uh, The big news out of practice uh, this morning was that Brandon Carlo has been ruled out of Saturday's game. He's at home attending to a personal matter and will not play against the Arizona Coyotes. He is, however, expected to join the team uh, for Sunday's game against the Red Wings. John Moore will sub in uh, for Carlo. We uh, hope that everything is okay and um, that he is back with the team. Um, Yeah, you always... Uh, get a little anxious when it's announced that someone's away for personal matters, attending to a family matter, um, health. You know, life is precious. We were all reminded of that uh, a couple weeks ago with the Kobe Bryant uh, tragedy. And, um, you know, we just hope all is well with Brandon Carlo. So he's out. doesn't look like there's any other uh, lineup notes to mention. Um, the Bruins will continue to roll with uh, the lineup that has been working for them for the past couple nights. And that might mean that Danton Heinen is on the outs. Uh, we'll get to that here in a moment as we look at some of the mailbag questions. As for Boston's opponents over the weekend, the Arizona Coyotes uh, obviously made headlines earlier this season by acquiring Taylor Hall. Uh, they are in playoff contention out west. Uh, the Pacific Division is a bit of a mess. Uh, they are currently fourth in the Pacific, uh, two points out of third, and only four points behind division-leading Vancouver. They do, however, hold the first wildcard spot, uh, one point up on Calgary and two points up on both Nashville and Winnipeg. Uh, like I said, the West is a bit of a mess. If you stacked up uh, you know, the league as a whole, uh, Vancouver, who leads the Pacific, they're 12th overall in the NHL right now. Uh, Arizona, like I mentioned, in a playoff spot, but they are uh, 17th at the moment. Uh, they do have a plus five goal differential, uh, which is pretty 
positive, I guess. <laughs> yep, plus five, positive. Um, they're a pretty good defensive team looking for that uh, offensive boost that, uh, you know, Taylor Hall was supposed to provide. Uh, right now, their leading scorers are Nick Schmaltz with eight goals and 31 assists for 39 points. He's followed by Christian Dvorak, 33 points, Clayton Keller with 33 points. Uh, Phil Kessel has been a disappointment for this team. He's only got 11 goals and 31 points through 56 games. Hall averaging almost a point per game for the Coyotes with seven goals and 12 assists for 19 points through 21 games. So, yeah, uh, Coyotes leading scorer is at 39 points. And Schmaltz, looking at the league leaders, is down at 78th among the league's uh, top point getters, tied with uh, Keith Yandel. Eric Stahl, Tanner Pearson, Philip Deneau, uh, Tyler Sagan. Wow, he's having a very down year. Uh, Dylan Larkin also have 39 points. So that gives you kind of a, a glimpse of where the Coyotes are at in terms of scoring. They are a, a very formidable defensive team, seventh in terms of goals against this season, uh, averaging 2.66, which is good for fourth in the NHL. Fewest uh, Bruins, of course, 2.38. So if you add that up, uh, it looks like you know the Bruins are well positioned to win uh, the game against the uh, Coyotes here on Saturday. And then, of course, you'd expect that they would beat Detroit on Sunday, but they've already lost uh, to the Red Wings this season. Um, Tugarask looks to get the start against the Coyotes, meaning Halak will likely play against the Red Wings. We mentioned the Red Wings the other day um, in terms of uh, the Atlantic Division power rankings. They currently have a 273 point percentage this season. They're 13, 38, and 4. Um, if we go back to the beginning of the shootout era, they are on track to have by far the worst season of any team uh, since yeah the adoption of the three-point game. The Colorado Avalanche of 2016, 2017, they went 22, 56, and 4. They had 48 points, a 293 point percentage. So the Red Wings are on track to, uh, yeah, come short of that, meaning they would be uh, posting the worst single season in the shootout era. Um, obviously, they're going to um, be in line to pick Alex Lafreniere, Quentin Byfield with the number one overall pick. That's not guaranteed based on uh, how the um, – Lottery system works in the NHL these days, but um, yeah, a rough first season under new general manager, uh, Steve Eiserman, who has his work cut out for him to rebuild uh, this team. Um, one other note from Bruins practice, uh, Connor Clifton returned to the Bruins skate, uh, albeit in a uh, no contact jersey. So he uh, is on track for a return, I think, um, mid-February. Yeah, so maybe next week or the week after, he could be ready to come back to the lineup. Um, yeah, that's it, I think, for Bruins news and notes after the practice here on Friday. Two very winnable games coming up on the weekend. And uh, I would expect that we'll be back Monday discussing a seven-game win streak for these Bruins, although crazier things have happened. And we all know that they did lose to Detroit earlier this season. Losing two games to this team 
would be uh, just downright downright embarrassing. So let's uh, let's avoid that, shall we? Those of you who have been listening to the podcast for quite some time will have heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. You may not know that Locked On Bruins is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Bruins fans, just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listeners. A Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Bruins fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put our company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Again, that's advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. It's time now to open up the mailbag. I put out a call for some questions here uh, this morning. Thanks to all those who sent some in kind of last minute. I'll begin with Spencer Fischetta. Uh, he asks, um, first he mentions the NWHL All-Star Game, which is taking place uh, this weekend in Boston. The game itself will take place at Warrior Ice Arena on Sunday, featuring two 25-minute periods of four-on-four play. There will be an All-Star Skills Challenge uh, including fastest skater, hardest shot on uh, Saturday at 8 p.m. You can get tickets for those games, uh, sorry, for the game and the event uh, via the NWHL um, website. Uh, so, yeah, it should be very exciting. The Boston Pride are obviously uh, the team to beat this season. They've only lost once, 21-0. and 0. Uh, They'll be well-represented. And uh, I would expect that um, it will be, yeah, a sold-out event as, um, you know, Jillian Dempsey is one of the captains of uh, one of the teams. Uh, So there'll be a lot of people rooting for her and for her squad to come out on top. A lot of high-end talent on display. So, um, you know, get out there, support women's hockey and uh, make this event as successful as possible. For those of you who don't know, Boston features the two uh, top scorers in the NWHL in Jillian Dempsey and McKenna Brand. Uh, Brand has 17 goals, uh, which is two back of Minnesota forward Allie Thunstrom uh, and Dempsey leads the league in assists. So yeah, great team. Please go support um, the Pride at Women's Hockey for the event this weekend. Uh, Spencer also asked, why does everyone think we need to make a trade given the fact that we haven't had a fully healthy lineup, uh, say, for like five games this year? And since we've gotten healthy this last week, we've been unreal. Um, you know, I think it's just a matter of upgrading where possible. Um, I don't really feel super comfortable heading into the playoffs with Carson Kuhlman as the second line right winger. I think the Bruins could do better than that and should do better than that, quite frankly. Um, whether it be Chris Kreider, Tyler Toffoli, 
there's really room for an upgrade there. Um, as I said the other day, I really love the line of Sean Corrali, Charlie Coyle, and uh, Anders Bjork. I think if Trent Frederick is recalled from Providence, uh, he, Nordstrom, and Wagner could make a pretty uh, entertaining, strong forechecking fourth line. The perfection line obviously is uh, not to be touched, uh, but there is really room for improvement up on that second line with Krejci, DeBrusque, and a question mark. So, yeah, I mean, good on the team right now. Uh, that internal competition is really energizing them, and they're playing well with the lineup that they have. Uh, but uh, to suggest that um, Sweeney should just stand pat, maybe not, um, you know, prudent at this time. I don't think they need to make a trade per se. And if it's going to be uh, detrimental to the future or exorbitant prices, I would suggest Sweeney uh, could be comfortable kind of sitting back, but um, yeah, obviously it's trade season. Look for all potential opportunities and uh, improve the team where possible. Uh, but to say they need to do that would be maybe a bit of a stretch. Um, another question comes from Chris Mancuso, uh, Bruins diehards. He asks, do you think we are nearing the end of Danton Heinen's time in Boston? Well, it certainly seems that way based on the fact that he's been uh, kind of healthy scratched and the Bruins are playing so well. Um, he, you know, I like his game, to be honest. I like... Uh, the defensive responsibility that he brings. I like uh, the fact that he can um, chip in offensively. He can play on the power play. Um, but, you know, to in order to improve, you really have to sacrifice something sometimes. And it looks like Heinen might be that roster player that could be floated in the trade market in order to improve. Um, I've said it repeatedly, looking back to... Um, the deal they made with the Rangers a couple years ago, it cost them uh, Ryan Spooner, a first-round pick, and Ryan Lindgren. We're probably looking at a similar package for uh, maybe Chris Kreider. So you'd think a first-round pick, Danton Heinen, and a defensive prospect. Um, yeah, unless Heinen can get back in the lineup over the weekend and make a strong impression, then it looks like he uh, is either being sent a really strong message or he's being sat out uh, in order to facilitate a trade here coming up. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he is uh, one of the pieces that is moved prior to the deadline. JD Young, co-host of the Locked on Sharks podcast, asks, can you take back noted Bruin Martin Jones? I'll answer that with a simple uh, no. Uh Last question comes from Kevin Elder at Ottawa Kev. He asks, which draft eligible OHL player do you want most to see on the Bruins? Uh, that's a great question. There's actually a ton of uh, OHL talent available in this year's draft, really high-end talent, actually. Uh, I wrote a piece this week for uh, SB Nation's uh, Second City Hockey, the Chicago Blackhawks blog, uh, where I was able to interview uh, Marco Rossi. I think he would be an amazing player for the Bruins to pick up. Obviously, he's going to be uh, way too high. Uh, he could be top. I would think he'll be a top 10 pick, although there are some questions about his size, so he might drop. Very talented uh, two-way center. Leads to OHL in scoring. 
Um, I would really love to see uh, the Bruins grab a guy like him. Um, you know, it is hoped that the Bruins first round pick will be pretty low, uh, barring a trade. Obviously if they trade it, then who knows, but say it's the, uh, 31st pick, there will be a lot of, um, OHL talent available later in the, uh, first round into the second round. Actually a guy that, um, impressed me. I was able to go to the, uh, CHL top prospects game at Hamilton a couple weeks ago and Tyson Forrester of the Barry Colts. He really impressed me. I think he had like a couple goals and an assist. Uh, he's a big right winger for the Barry Colts, 6'2", 194 pounds. He's currently ranked uh, 41st among uh, North American skaters. Um, and we all know the Bruins have issues on the right side. He looks like the kind of guy that the Bruins would covet in terms of his size, skill. Um, so that would be a guy maybe later in the first round or into the second round that I would like to see uh, the Bruins target apart from, you know, the top talent like uh, Cole Perfetti, Marco Rossi, those kind of guys, they won't be available uh, obviously when the Bruins come up to the table, but uh, a guy like uh, Forrester, I think would fit in well uh, with this club. All right, let's finish off today with some news and notes from around the NHL. A lot of talk, this morning about uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs, it looks like Frederick Anderson has been ruled out of their two weekend games. They play tonight uh, against the Ducks, Saturday against the Canadians, a uh, suddenly resurgent Canadians team who's desperately trying to remain in the playoff race. Uh, so Anderson ruled out newcomer Jack Campbell could possibly skate in both of those games. Um Maybe not, obviously not skate, but you know what I mean? He could start both of those games. If not, uh, then they might turn to Michael Hutchinson if tonight's game is a disaster. But it uh, looks like Campbell will be thrown into the fire here uh, pretty quickly. And uh, yeah, I mentioned the Canadians. Uh, they won again last night. I believe they've won eight of their last 11. They are only four points back of the Maple Leafs at the moment, albeit with uh, two more games played um, so Toronto outside of the, uh, wildcard picture, they're two points back of the hurricanes, one point back of the, f uh, Panthers, uh, for third in the Atlantic Panthers crapped the bed last night, losing to Vegas in a game that they really needed in order to, uh, put some distance between them and the Maple Leafs. So that was, uh, the big news out of Toronto as the Leafs desperately look to, um, get some help in net to keep their playoff hopes uh, alive. Uh, speaking of the Leafs, Cody Cece will be out for a while with an ankle injury. They recalled prospect Timothy Lilligren, um, and that's quite frankly an upgrade as Cody Cece uh, is, um, you know, not good. The Las Vegas uh, Sun reports the Golden Knights purchased the American Hockey League team in San Antonio. They plan to move that club to Las Vegas. Next season, that club, I believe, was the uh, St. Louis Blues affiliate. Uh, so interesting bit of poaching there. Uh, on the rumor mill, uh, let's see. There's a lot going on. The Rangers, we all are on Chris Kreider watch. Pierre Lebrun, what did I say? Lebrun? Lebrun. He reports contract talks uh, have finally begun between the Rangers and Chris Kreider. Uh, he does feel it might be difficult for the Rangers to resign Kreider, but there will be efforts made. 
if talks break off uh, anytime soon, his name will be, uh, you know, immediately bumped to the top of the trade uh, target list. And we all know the Bruins are kind of sitting back, waiting to see what will happen there. And uh, once it becomes apparent, either way, they will, uh, you know, table an offer. Uh, I really believe that. Uh, Larry Brooks doubts Henrik Lundqvist will be moved before the trade deadline, uh, but he can't see a return to the Rangers next season. The Rangers have been going with three goalies on the roster right now with Lundqvist, Georgiev, and Scherzeskin. Excuse me for butchering that name. Um, Buying out the final season of Lundqvist's contract will allow him to move on free up some cap space for the Rangers and maybe let him uh, try to jump on with a cup contender for uh, next season as well. Um, What else have we got going on here? Um, There's a bunch of other names that are uh, being raised on uh, the trade market, including Rasmus Ristolainen from the Sabres, Brandon Montour, uh, Wayne Simmons is being linked to the Vancouver Canucks as a power forward upgrade, seeing as they are without Michael Furland. Uh, Alec Martinez, defenseman from the Kings, uh, the Panthers, Jets, Leafs. Um, actually, not the Leafs. Uh, they're not interested in him, apparently. Um, who else? Sam Bennett from the Flames. Uh, Darren Dreger reported if... Uh, he might become available as things have not really worked out with him in um, Calgary. Uh, Flames don't want to move him. They're not actively shopping him. So I don't really know why he uh, is bringing that up. Uh, One Bruins note here uh, that just came out via Eric Engels of Sportsnet reporting on Ilya Kovalchuk's future in Montreal. Uh, obviously, he has played very well with the Canadians. He's got five goals, 11 points in 14 games since signing that prorated $700,000 contract. Uh, apparently, several teams are interested in his services. Engels writes, here's what we know. The Canadians, who are hoping to win at least six of their eight games leading into the February 24th deadline, aren't likely to accept less than a second-round pick or, at worst, a conditional third-round pick that turns into a second-round pick for Kolchuk services should they fall further back in the race. Here's what we found out on Tuesday as we were watching the Canadians beat the Devils. The Boston Bruins might be the most likely team to offer up that kind of compensation for the Russian sniper. The Bruins intend on loading up for a second consecutive run to the Stanley Cup final and Kovalchuk is a player they're watching closely. Um, Obviously um, Engels mentions Criders on their radar. They're also doing diligence on San Jose Sharks captain Joe Thornton and to a lesser extent his teammate Patrick Marlowe. Um, Engels goes on, After the Bruins weren't convinced Kovalchuk could help them when his three-year deal was terminated, they've been very impressed with what he's done in Montreal, and they understand the value of adding a player who's shown he can fill a top-six role if they suffer an injury to a key player between now and the end of the season. It only helps that he's competed extremely hard at both ends of the rink and that the buzz about his leadership, his energy, and his sheer passion for the game make it likely he would fit well with their group. The fact the Bruins own a second-round pick in each of the next three drafts give give them an edge over the Blue Jackets who don't have 
one in either of the next two. Uh, so really interesting stuff there from angles on Kovalchuk and the Bruins. Um, you know, I was campaigning hard a few weeks ago for the Bruins to just sign him to that $700,000 deal instead of giving him up assets uh, to pick him up in the trade market. Uh, maybe they're happy to allow the Canadians to give him that kind of audition and uh, swoop in and grab him for a pick. Um, ideally, yeah, you would have just signed him without having to give up the pick, but here we are. They wanted to um, maybe see how he would play and then uh, go from there. So, yeah, the experiment with the Canadians has been very successful. He would look great on that second line with DeBrusque and Krejci, and so perhaps um, the Bruins would be willing to make uh, their first trade with the Canadians in about 20 years. Um, interesting as well that Marlowe and Thornton were mentioned there. Um, Thornton coming to Boston is a bit of a pipe dream for me. I don't know where he would fit. If you put him on the third line, you'd have to move coil around to second line, right wing. Perhaps that's something that they're exploring, but, um, I don't see that as, um, something that's on the Bruins priority list. One final note, TD garden, Uh, sent out a release today about uh, the seating situation, something I talked about on the podcast earlier this season. There were real complaints about, um, you know, the leg room. Uh, The release says, One component of the transformation was the replacement of the 24-year-old seats in the arena. Through guest feedback, we recognized that there were some areas of concern regarding the new seats, specifically leg room and comfort. We were able to make immediate modifications to address some concerns, such as adjusting all large seats back angles to improve legroom. In the balcony, we found the new plush cushioning, armrest design, and overall ergonomics were contributing to discomfort. Based on that, uh, we will be replacing balcony seats and armrests. The new seats, similar in size, will have custom narrower armrest and non-padded seat base and seat back to produce improve legroom and comfort this work will take place this off season and they regret any inconvenience that has been raised so really interesting uh stuff there nice taking fan feedback into consideration and making changes accordingly that's it for today's episode of locked on boston bruins as always i'm your host ian mclaren uh thanks so much for joining me thanks to those who sent in questions um, please follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Boston Bruins. Uh, you can find me at ENC McLaren. Give the show a rating and a review if possible. So we can climb up those Apple rankings and, um, yeah, have a great weekend. Go Bruins. I expect, and uh, hope expect for, uh, to discuss two wins here coming up on the next podcast on Monday and, uh, be really disappointed if they don't get, you know, at least, let's say three points from this weekend's games, Uh, a regulation loss to either of these teams would be uh, less than ideal. So yeah, I hope you all have a great weekend tonight. uh, No hockey. I'll be watching the pharmacist on Netflix, a very uh, interesting documentary about uh, opioids in America set in uh, new Orleans. Uh, I recommend checking that out. If you have not already, um, uh, 
Another music recommendation, Lone Bellow. I've been listening to them a lot today. They have a new album, and it's pretty great. So, yeah, thanks for listening. We will uh, catch you again on Monday. Have a great weekend, friends. Take care.